Hey folks, we're back. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 142. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, 142. It's just us turkeys. Whoa, that was clever. You heard? Yeah. Adorable. Yeah, because it's our Thanksgiving. Reaching. Yeah. Reaching. A couple days before Thanksgiving, and uh, we're pulling it down over here at the Maison Duville on Lapparee Street in New Orleans, Louisiana, hanging out with Spencer, hanging out with Joel here, acting like I'm a radio show host on a podcast. That's what you just did. I know. I'm just just doing that. that. Yeah, exactly. And we're talking turkey here on 142. Episode, the 142nd episode, <laughs> which is our Thanksgiving special. Yes, you're right. For yeah. it's a good life, babe. Yes, you're right. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Yes, you're right. <laughs> this 2018 Thanksgiving. Spencer, what's going on? How you doing over there? I'm doing good. Suddenly, there's a ray of hope and sunshine in Spencer's life. The Dallas Cowboys, due to an injury for the Washington professional football team, <laughs> well, and hey, and a, two, and a two-game winning streak. By our Cowboys. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about the magical number 33, the Masonic number 33. Every 33 years on the same day, the Washington professional football team is destined to have a quarterback break his, break leg, his leg in a horrendous manner that well, ends what happened season 66 years ago. and possibly his career. I don't know. We're going to have to dial it back and see. Don't, I'm don't, against nothing. Don't nothing get technical. Wrong. Don't get technical over well, here. Well, they've been around for that long. <laughs> Folks, it's, it's great to have Spencer back in the house. And we did come to a conclusion before we started rolling today that Spencer has the voice of Vin Diesel in the face of Har- a young Harrison Ford. That's right. What a fucking combo, y'all. That's a pretty good combo. You kidding there. Me? Yeah. Dude. Uh, the hair of Mark Hamill. That is a face. It's not that That blonde. is a face <laughs> for oh, it's podcast. Not that, that is a face for a podcast. <laughs> Yeah. He's got a face for podcasting, and you know it, folks. Spencer, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Whoa! Wow, are we are going full on radio. So far. Oh, I know exactly. We've never done that before. I mean, we're, we're really, really loud. And we're, yeah, <laughs> we're really loud. Yeah. But it's also like it'd, it'd be kind of funny if we just did like the the what, what do they call it? it's New Orleans or whatever, and just pretended like we were like them and did a full on like radio show. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's one of the things that we talk about on It's a Good Life, Babe, all the time is that we try to keep it at podcasting and not and not doing not at radio at radio exactly. And we just and, went full on radio. And what what happens is I know, but I was kind of uh, yeah, it was a jest, joke a little a bit in jest. Yeah, exactly. But but it is true that there are so many of these radio stations that now are saying tune in to our podcast, right? And it's really just it's a radio, just radio show. Yeah, exactly. That's been recorded. Terry and Gross. I mean, they're all great. The, well, I mean, the, the good the thing Daily is coming York. up next, guys, is Kathy Lee Gifford. Oh, uh, and I don't know what you're Hoda. talking about. Yeah. Hoda and Kathy Lee. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, well. That's a drag, man. Why'd you bring that up? That's so depressing, that world. My mom, this is so funny because there's a little anecdote. You guys know I'm close to, the listeners know I'm close to my mom. And she's like, Hoda and Kathy are in New Orleans. Like, a couple weeks ago. She's like super excited. And she said, my friend, and I was telling someone, I was conveying this to someone else. And I was like, I was like, I showed them, I had a meeting like right after she sent me the text. And I showed them the text. Yes. And it said, my friends, Kathy Lee and Hoda are in New Orleans, like live from Jackson Square. 
And the person I was having a meeting with was like, how does your mom know them? She's TV friends. <laughs> she's yeah, yeah, they're like, TV friends. They're not real friends. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. So look, uh, we might as well get right into the mix here. Into First the mix, of all, bro. happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. You're going to see your family. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's a lot of fun. For a lot of other people, it's completely miserable. Whatever the case may be, or, or uh, any number of stages in between, we have the good fortune of having the number one ranked team in the NFL, New Orleans Saints, playing on Thursday night. So that if you're bored, if you're sick of your brother and his talk about Trump, or your ugly uncle who comes over and talks about Donald Trump, or anybody in your family who comes over and starts talking about Trump and all that Trump bullshit, then you can just turn on the Saints game, and that's going to bring everybody together. I'm not saying it's a good thing that everybody's together or a bad thing. I'm just saying you can come together over football, and you can ameliorate some of those bad feelings temporarily. And just don't talk about it. As you watch the Saints take on the Atlanta Falcons we're on gonna Thursday deep, night. deep fry some dirty birds. Yeah, we, yeah we're going we're to do fry. some deep fried dirty bird on Thursday night in the Dome. And, uh, and that's what's what. I'm going to be there. I'm gonna, the Saints have been on a roll. Yeah. They're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They've scored like 197 points in three games. And uh, that's not actually factually correct. But it's 197.2. It's, a, it's, a, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing number of points yeah. in three games. And, uh, and also the defense has been uh, playing. I think it's been 40 points much, in the past four games in a row. Much, much better. The defense has been playing much better. So Thanksgiving, folks, for everyone <laughs> out there. I don't think we, because I was trying to do a podcast last week. I did do a podcast. Yeah. About our prescient notions about the NFL. Folks, go back and listen to the last podcast. Jeff and I in 2012 kind of got out in front of what is now happening in the NFL. So listen to that. We don't need to get into it. So now. like a podcast is just stuff that we did six years ago. Years ago. And, and last week, since we didn't do an episode, we posted one from that era. And I was looking for a Thanksgiving episode, and I found I realized we've never done a Thanksgiving episode. Wow! And Thanksgiving. In oh, New this Orleans. is our inaugural Thanksgiving episode. Yes. Wow. And this and and Thanksgiving's my favorite day of the year in New Orleans. Ah, more sweet. Fa- more favorite than Jazz Fest. More favorite than any Mardi Gras day, Carnival season day. It just it's a couple of reasons. One is that no one's working. Yeah. So you go out to the racetrack. And when you and I both live, you live two blocks from the track. I live four blocks from the track. Yes. Where we go to the fairgrounds and watch the ponies. We go to the paddock and we dress up in nines and we there's the hats and the boas and everyone's dressed to the nines. And it's fantastic. And you've got like a social sort of stratosphere that ranges from your cab driver to your wealthiest person in New Orleans there. Right? Sure. <laughs> kind of, right? And it's really, it's my favorite day of the year. And, and everyone's there, and it's usually beautiful weather, and I think it will be, you know, two days from now. Um, but this year, the Saints are playing in the Superdome, like, two hours after the last race. And I'm going to do both those things. Oh, it's going to be sweet. We're going to, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have the track. You're going to have, I swear to God, we have to, we have to have done because I know we've talked about we've the track. We've talked so about the track. Maybe we didn't have like one that this maybe close to Thanksgiving. Louisiana Derby is what we talked about. Oh, we maybe. talked about Louisiana Derby, maybe. Okay. Maybe not Thanksgiving track. Huh. Well, anyway, it's a big deal down here for folks that don't know. Um, all these people get dressed up. It's it's kind of funny and a, and a little... There's a hipster element to it. 
There's the totally. regular uh, folks that go to the track all the time. <laughs> and there's just like a bunch of other like family oriented and other types of people who just go because it's a big day and it's like see or see and be seen kind of atmosphere uh, at the racetrack. And yeah. we have the good fortune of living right here in this neighborhood. And one thing that you'll notice, folks, if you come down to New Orleans is that we have little grammatical regard for superlatives. <laughs> so when you uh, have a favorite, it can always be more favorite, just to let you know. If you hear phraseology like that, you'll understand that a, a guy from North Carolina has spent enough time in New Orleans that he doesn't have any regard for superlatives anymore. And that means that he's truly becoming a New Orleanian. <laughs> that's the greatest compliment you've ever paid me. <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I've said in a lot of nice things, Joel. <laughs> you sure have. Yeah. You're a nice guy. Um, so yeah, so the track is awesome. I mean, what? It, look, you can be on the first, the like the ground level. Spencer, have you ever been to the track on Thanksgiving? No, not on Thanksgiving. You have never been to the track on Thanksgiving. Whoa. I've I've only. Whoa. I mean, I've lived here three years. Um, oh well, well. All right. All right. All right. And you have yeah, family you need to get in Dallas, over there. So you have to go and see your family. Yeah. I, you I, don't have any. I Guys, like going right. home and eating like my mom's food. That's oh, my oh, you're going case. back. That's, you're going yeah. back tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, driving yeah. back up tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Back to Dallas. My mom's food trumps like ponies out of the track. Sure. Yeah, and visiting with your mom as well, right? Not just your mom's food. <laughs> like visiting, yeah, I mean, visiting with your it. mother, and seeing your mother. Is a huge part of it as well, right? Yeah, Am I but correct like in saying that. But the dressing, dude, the stuffing. Come on, bro. <laughs> oh, that and the mac and cheese. Like, get I the see fuck how he's out like of struggling here, with this. He's man. really struggling. He's like, mom. Spencer's having mom's existential food. crisis right now. Yeah, existential crisis. He's like, he's like, if there was like a black mirror fucking robot that I could pour water on and it could cook as good as my mom, mom might have to go. <laughs> Right. Well, it's like that experiment with the monkeys and the terry cloth <laughs> dolls. Oh, uh, that's great. So at the track, <laughs> Spencer, um, on the ground level, you can be like by the finish line, <laughs> and you're eating like the corned beef po' boy, right? Yeah, the $8 sure. Eight dollar corned beef po' boy, the white beans and rice with sausage. Yeah. Or you can sausage. get up to like the fourth floor and get like the fifty dollar buffet. Or whatever. That's right. Buffet. Yeah, <laughs> the buffet. No buffet. Bu <laughs> no buffet. And it's like whatever. Yeah. It's whatever your flavor is. You know. You oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No regard. This is, no. This no is where I draw the line. Superlatives and buffet. <laughs> this is where I draw the fucking line. That's it's a normal. buffet. It's not muffalata. It's muffalata. It's buffet, dude. Buffet. <laughs> so we got the track and look and then we have this special Super Bowl <laughs> season for the Saints that we're, we're tracking towards the Super Bowl so it's a special season so people are coming in town to Jesse Shows might be coming in with his son who's oh, like sweet. nine. Oh, sweet because it's sweet. like if you're not gonna like share that with your son at a time when they're starting to understand about how important football is. Oh, they definitely know by the time by the you know time I mean? they're you're nine. Yeah. And then you're like, they're like you're a fan. And then this team is tracking to be one of the best teams of all time. Yeah. You heard? And it's happening. And uh I don't go to 
live football games much because I I've talked about this on the podcast. I like football more on the TV. I like NBA more live for various reasons I will not regurgitate. However, I am going to that goddamn game against the Dirty Birds on Thursday, right after the track. Oh, good on for you, man. God, that's awesome. I'm going to rock that fucking shit out. Yeah, that's I am great, going, man. going, dude. That is it's gonna great. It's going to be the best day of my life, which is... I don't know what that says about me. That's my best day of my life. Dude, all I can tell you is this, is that... <laughs> go is to that the police, eat a There is something, boy. like, even if you're, like... <laughs> You know, basketball is your favorite sport, obviously, right. and you know, and football is like far second. And we've spent a, sure. devoted a lot of time on this podcast putting down the NFL. Sure. But when the teams get on a roll, man, there's almost nothing like it. There's man. nothing like. And it. there's nothing like being in, in the in dome. dome. In the dome. When it's just rocking and going crazy. Rocking on Thanksgiving when no one has to work. Yeah. And no one has to work the next day. Yeah. And no yeah. one really probably worked the first, like Wednesday tomorrow, like. Everyone's just going to be on the biggest bender of their fucking life. It is, it is going to be the hardest thing in the world for that Atlanta team to come in and oh. put on a good performance in that in that stadium. Yeah, I'm going to have a good time back in Dallas. You <laughs> are going to have a good time back in Dallas. Which because because where I'm used to our team playing every year on Thanksgiving. What, who are they playing? They're playing, We're the, playing the Redskins. Redskins. The Washington professional and football team. That goes for the uh, lead in the NFC East. Whoever wins this game leads the division. Uh, and you got Colt McCoy coming in. We do. Square off. Yeah. Another guy who's After that at the same level as Dak horrible. <laughs> okay, one is in a backup in the league. Spencer's mad at me now. I'm so, very upset. <laughs> look, I got a segue. We were supposed to call a guest. and uh, Since we got Amari Cooper, Dak's looked good. I'm going to call. He's looked no. serviceable. Serviceable. He's looked like an Alex Smith type of quarterback, that, which is all that we really need dude, if we have Ezekiel Elliott going. It's not all that you really need. And but our I, defense plays well, which it has definitely been doing. Who sang? Who did that song? All I need. Who did that? I don't know. Anyway, okay. you're all that I need. Uh. All right, I'm calling. Is that uh, the cards? We, we have a we call. No, that's we're calling Jaime. Yeah, we're calling Jaime, folks. We got a we call you coming up. We we call call you you. you. Hello. Yo, Jaime. What's up, hey, buddy? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. You're on the podcast. All right. How are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm doing well, man. I'm How a- are you guys doing? I'm well. Jaime, what's going on? It's Jeff. Yo, what's up, Jeff? How you doing? We got Spencer here. Hello. Oh, all right. Nice, man. So I'm- what's the, uh, what are you guys talking about? I Well, we got into a bunch of shit that we should have had you on. Uh, but oh, in shit. terms of the Saints, but uh, oh, man. Mostly, no, 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 we mostly, didn't really, we didn't really cover it. Mostly right. Thanksgiving is what we were talking about. Yeah, that's so, right. Um, I've been enjoying I, the three-way text that I've been uh, copied on between you and Jeff and me, because you guys are like, and I haven't been able to participate as much as I would like to. But I just so you, you and Jeff both know, I've really been enjoying. The, uh, the observations about the Saints that you guys are uh, going back and forth with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a rare day when uh, when Jaime and I are on the same sports page. But we are. <laughs> we are. <laughs> in regard to this matter. Because I, I you got to make the most of it. you got to make the most of it. That's right. Much love, my friend. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that, that it's... It, it is true that the Saints deep, the Saints made a couple of moves that I think were uh, that were that that turned out well 
for them, especially uh-huh. especially on defense, and that's like acquiring Eli Apple, who was just like mm-hmm. a head case a, a head case kid who was in search of playing on a good team, like anybody yeah. wants to do, you know. And I mean, I, I was gonna say a head case kid on a head case team. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's right, that's right. A team that's clearly had a lot of issues, you know, personality wise. And coaching staff-wise, and you know, kind of all over the map, and uh, they were ready to get rid of him, and we were ready to take on somebody who's only been in the league three years, and who came in as a first-round draft pick, um, as a as a very promising cornerback, and mm-hmm. they they haven't really talked about him that much, but his side of the field has really yeah. been locked down. Um, mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's, he's a solid cover. He's quarterback. a solid cover cornerback. And we needed that because one of the biggest weaknesses that we had was that even though our run defense was playing very well and we're, we're ranked second in the league right now and we have been ranked first and high up in terms of our run defense like pretty much for most of the year, and, uh, and, but our, we weren't able to stop the pass because Ken Crawley couldn't guard anybody. Yeah, you know, so yeah we had this, he was, I mean, yeah. Achilles heel. He was Achilles heel. And that's been that's been tightened up dramatically. And then the other thing too was that we weren't getting the kind of dynamism that we needed out of our linebackers. And yep. what what we needed is for our linebackers to be able to like help out in the middle of the field a little bit better than they've been able to do. And Manti Teo was just not the solution for that. Yeah. And I think that's clear now. I think it's totally clear because they rotated him out and they're basically essentially starting there's a lot of rotation in the linebacking course, so it's very difficult, other than Demario Davis, to claim who mm-hmm. the starter is because they yeah. they just do so much situational rotation amongst the linebackers. But definitely Anzalone is getting uh, when the moon hits your eye like a big piece of pie. Anzalone <laughs> has been getting a lot, a lot of playtime. Something else. He's been he's a rangy opportunistic player i like it he's had a he's had a sack out of the backfield on a blitz without anybody blocking amazing him. interception an amazing interception you know and all of that came together at once i feel like he's got the whole you know he's got the hype and uh and 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 demario davis man that's the other steal yeah. key, you know key pickup key total pickup and the fact that our our monster uh, outside defensive lineman and, and, um, and Marcus Davenport has been out yeah. and has been backed up by Onyemata, right? Who's been playing, mm-hmm. who has been playing lights out himself. And our defensive yeah. line productivity is the thing that I want that I like to talk about right now on our defense because even going back to 2012 when we first started podcasting, um, I was going on about that about how little the Saints paid attention to the defensive line and how much we. We desperately needed to rebuild mm-hmm. the defense up from the defensive line. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it seemed for several years that we were trying to do it in reverse. We were trying to build our team out of the secondary instead of in the trenches. Right. And what you, really, yeah. what you really need to do is you need to get in there and fuck up the quarterback, man. And there is no better, there's no better way to do that than to crush the interior of the pocket. And that's what we've been doing. And we're getting we're getting a, a superb play out of our, our our left tackle, who I continuously want to call Cedric Ellis, and I can't wow. I can't ever remember his name after I start talking about him. 
But anyway, he's having like a Pro Bowl year. Uh, Rankins. And Rankin, Sheldon Rankins. Rankin, oh yeah, Rankin. And Rankins, a beast. Rankins has has six sacks on the year. He, you know, for yeah. a, a for a left tackle for the Saints to be on track to have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to go back to Will Smith essentially to have totally. somebody who who um, was that uh, impactful in the middle of the line and. Uh, and, and he's just been playing amazing, blowing up centers off the line, cruising into the quarterback and smacking those guys around mm-hmm. and making them totally uncomfortable. And the key in that game of crushing Philadelphia was the fact that Carson Wentz just could not get comfortable in the pocket because that offensive line yeah, could amazing. not. Not they only that, couldn't he's, deal he's with that. Desperate. He got desperate. He got desperate. Yeah, that's right. And may, may, right. I, may I add this guy's uh, Demario? Let's uh, just shout out to him because over the summer he went down to the Texas border and he gave about I don't know thou- tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff. He went to the Walmart. Oh wow! And and he, all the kids that were put in cages. When all that shit was going down, yeah, yeah, wow. He went Good down for there. Him. He went down there, and he gave his time, he gave his money. He did the shopping himself at the Walmart, and like, look, I'm not saying that shit from the Walmart helps these kids who are separated from their parents. It doesn't. Yeah, but but fuck, man, it, he, give, he gives a shit, you know. At least it's something, you know, yeah. other than being locked in a cage by the president of the United States. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like. Like that, essentially. Uh, but uh, back to the Saints there for a second. Uh, I, I, I guess, uh, Jaime, that's really all I have to say. I mean, obviously, the, the offense is just like cruising. And, you know, it's even debatable whether we needed to pick up uh, Brandon Marshall. Uh, but we did, and it looks like he's going to rotate in as a player next week. Um, so that's just... You a, know? And suddenly Traquan's coming on. Yeah, and Traquan Dude. has this monster game. He looked like a beast. He sure did. He sure did. With, like, great hands. Incredible. I yeah. mean, those were not easy catches. They were not. You know? Like, yeah, that's right. Especially that touchdown and some of those other grabs. Um, but, you know, back to the defense, the other thing is, which which kind of no one is really talking about, is oh, that yeah. most of the starters or and or key contributors have three years of experience or less. That that's you know, that's like a great Bonham point. Bell yeah, is only in his third year. Sheldon yeah. Rankins is only in their third year. They're that's really right. Really starting. You know, this is the year that both of those two have emerged. And you know, it took Von Bell a few games to find his stride. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and and because that's going to take the defense a little bit to find their stride. They're so young. It, it's incredible. Well, I think that that third year is like when players really start to like get the system understand like what they're looking at in front of them they know where players are going to go they're able to read the opposing offenses and uh, that's a really good point you know it takes a couple of years to really I think that like there's a lot more subtlety and nuance being on a defense looking at an opposing offense and knowing what the opposing offense might be trying to do and guessing that correctly than there is the other way around you know what I mean like you don't yeah. like the offense decides what the play what play they're going to the run. Dictates, yeah. Yeah, and they dictate it, right? So I mean. Yeah, no, I, that's a great uh, salient point you make there, Jaime. Because uh, we were shitty on defense in week one when we lost that game to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And and made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a. Right. <laughs> and but 
We knew they were... Jeff, you said this, like, after, right after the game. You're like, we're gonna turn this shit around on defense. Take a little bit of time. To your point, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just takes a little time. And today, and today is National Football League, Jeff. And, and today's league, Joel. You have to, you have to understand that there's a CBA, and you have to have young people under contract. You have to have good players in their rookie contract, right? And so mm-hmm. you're gonna go through these like bumps and bruises that the Saints defense have had, but they're coming around to a point where we might end up having the best offense and the best defense in the yeah. league come playoff time. Yeah. I mean, not to get too, you know, hopeful or hyperbolic, but I think the defense is legit good. And even saying, like, top ten, I kind of feel is conservative. Um, I think you look at the talents, the talent that's there, you look at the improvement in team play, they're legit, man. Um, I mean, they're going to have some tests, but I think the secondary is way better than they were even three games ago. Oh my god, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, they're 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 just like you know, the ghost of Ken Crawley is just like hanging around <laughs> on the sidelines, man, you know. I mean nobody I mean I was watching the game and Crawley went in and somebody's like, What the hell is Crawley doing in there? You know? <laughs> well, dude, who is dude? Who is Chris Banjo, man? I, he's kind of well, Banjo. Banjo has been on the team for two years and uh, two or three, and he's been a special teams guy uh, largely, uh, and he's been a backup uh, safety or cornerback, and they've kept him around. And uh, you know, he, maybe he's a guy that just needs to find his legs while yeah. there while there's some other players playing really good ball around him because. Look, man, you know, it's like uh, people playing good makes you play better. It just, it just yeah. does, you know. So um, you want to have a few of those. I mean, maybe Anzalone is like a good example of that. You know, I don't know, you know, but it's like, but I just feel like I mean, that's, that's the case, you know. I, I mean, when you're winning, it just seems like you get better play out yeah. of people yeah. uh, because they're hyped ab- about the idea of continuing the win streak they're not down on themselves. They're not. Th- I mean, think about it right now. If you're playing on Buffalo, you're thinking about uh, what team you're playing on next year. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, depending on your contract, that's what you're thinking. Exactly. And you're also thinking this. I'm not getting any pay raises because of this year playing on Buffalo because it's just not that's not the way that the league works. So I might as well do my best to not get injured. You know, I mean, there's a yeah. this is, there's a lot of motives like that. Like, I mean, players won't admit that that happens, and and there are fans even that that don't want to think that that affects people's motives. But of course it does. I mean, you're talking about a league, you know, where the lifespan is like four years totally. at tops. Can I give you a motive? Like, uh, in terms of Sean Payton's cute play calling, and it, I here's what I love about Sean Payton being cute this year. And when I say cute, I mean, it's being effective. It's Taysom Hill. Yeah. It's Teddy Bridgewater back there. on the one. It's, it's Drew Brees being out at the in the wide receiver slot, right? It's all these cute fucking fucking things that, like, they might be effective for a play, but I don't really mm-hmm. care if they don't or if they're not right. effective. Because I know exactly what you're next saying. week, the team preparing for the Saints has to yeah. consider that in the film room. 
Exactly. How do you prepare for the options well, well, that, I, I that tell we you, have on that's, that's That's what it's all about. I tell you, uh, it was a funny thing. He put Taysom in there, and he ran Taysom on that option play uh, like two or three times in the first half. And the guy sitting next to me as we were watching the game was like, oh, it's getting old, man. They're on they're on to it. And I was like, it is. But what he needs to do now is he needs Taysom Hill to throw the ball on a couple of plays to keep him guessing. And the next two plays. He threw the ball. He threw the ball. <laughs> All right, exactly. Yeah. And he had a you know, he had a completion out of the backfield. So now they're like, wait, is he gonna throw it? Is he gonna you know what I mean? It just this yeah. this offense just keeps defenses, opposing defenses guessing. Oh, constantly, yeah. constantly. Those, those, those <laughs> plays are larger than the play itself. It's just to, you know, they, they. it's about getting in the head of the other team's defense. That's exactly right. So they don't right. know what's coming up. That's right, that's right. And, it, like, even if he only gets, like, a yard and a half or he has, like, a five-yard completion, it means, like, now that guy that was blitzing the last time he was, he you know, he was running the ball and held him to a yard and a half, has to consider that he might have to pull back the linebacker, right? Into mm-hmm. into like midfield coverage because Taysom Hill might throw the ball right where he is. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Saints yeah. the Saints just like they, they, they give you these looks like that. And uh, and we talked about that in that podcast with Derek before the season began. And and everything that we've been saying about the dy- dynamism and explosiveness of this offense has come true plus some. And, and Jaime may say, like, your ability to uh, more succinctly make my point for me is the reason that we're on the back of this shirt in between. Bobby and Bobby. <laughs> I, I don't know if I uh, made the point for you. I think uh, I think you, 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 you said it. I just wanted to say it myself because I agreed with I agreed with you so strongly uh, about it. You know, it was like I had to follow that up. And look, uh, so Spencer brought this up before we started that about the game last night and everyone is uh super hyped about the game and what happened last night about 100 plus points being scored the highest scoring monday night football game of all time time. and 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 also the announcers being hyped because it's very obvious that the nfl wants the league to look more like flag football as they go forward with the high-powered offenses and the high scoring and it was a wild ride, and it was crazy. But here's the thing. The Rams played the worst defense that I've maybe ever seen in the history of all defense that's ever what? been played. Now, you see, now Spencer, Spencer is, is going to be like, what are you talking Spencer about? Doesn't get it. And he doesn't understand what I'm talking about because other than the two opportunistic plays Ooh. when they got a touchdown, it was one of the worst defensive performances that has ever happened on a field of any team what in the NFL What about all the Aaron ever. Donald sacks? He got a he got a couple of sacks, but and they got a couple. Uh, they didn't even have as many sacks. No, hold on. They didn't have as many sacks as Kansas City. Kansas, Kansas City C- also has the best offense in the league. Kansas City's arguably defense, with the Saints. Kansas City's defense played better, all over, all across every aspect of that game, except for two big plays that happened, and they almost matched that. But in every statistical category, Kansas City's defense played better than the Rams' defense, and the Rams' defense is the one that gets hyped. The Rams' are defense is, compi- is comprised of two good players on the defensive line, yeah. and line. everyone else sucks on that yeah. defense, man. They are not able to stop anyone from passing the ball, yeah. and they're barely able to stop anybody from running the ball that runs 
to the opposite side of the field from Aaron Donald. I mean, that, that has been the story that no one's telling, except one guy on ESPN is like, all they have is a pass rush defense. And, it, and, and I understand and yeah, appreciate yeah, that, but sure. one of the reasons why the Saints defeated them yep. the way that they did is because we have the best offensive line in the NFL right now. Yep. And we stacked yep. up Aaron Donald on the line because he rushes from the left side from their perspective or our right side offensive line. And we've got Ramchek and we've got Warford over there yeah. who are probably the best right side combination of offensive linemen in the NFL right now. And so he had no chance to put pressure onto onto uh, onto Drew Brees, and very people, very few people have this year, and that's why Brees is the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. He's, I mean, Brees has always been able to be evasive in the pocket. It's a it's a very particular skill that he has that he's been good at because of tennis. Can I? Can I? Because of tennis, Jimmy. Can I chime in? Yeah, go ahead. I was talking to an Uber driver, who like drove me from from the airport or whoever drove me. Um, and I was making that point. This is a like a lifelong Saints fan. And they're like, how does... No, I'm sorry. It was in D.C. And he's a Giants fan. Right. right. Okay. okay. Different Uber driver. Right. I mean, whirlwind right. a couple of three days. <laughs> I was in D.C. for the last three days. And so I had this, nice. I had this Uber uh, ride. And this guy's a Giants fan. And we're chatting it up and blah, blah, blah. And he loves Drew Brees. And I was like, you know... The, he, he said to me, he was like, I don't understand how he evades the sack. And I said, I got, I'll tell you why. Because, and no one in the media ever fucking talks about this. Drew Brees beat your boy. Andy, like, Andy Roddick. Andy Roddick in the under 14 t- tennis championships back in the no fucking way. day. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Are you sure? Yes. 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 Drew Brees was a fucking world class tennis player. Well, now you player. see the footwork. You That's the, the footwork. footwork. It's like and the accuracy. Jaime, Jaime, it's like it's like Hakeem Olajuwon playing soccer and then having the eight foot inch <laughs> right, growth right, spurt. Right, right, right. Bring that yeah. unique yeah. skill set. You yeah. see, dude, now that you say it, you see it. You see the way his he bounces with his feet and he sets and he resets and he's always putting his feet in you know the perfect position to make a good throw. That's no right. What, where he is or where he's moving to. That's right. But. That's so tennis, man. You That's heard it here first. Because what you realize in tennis that, is that, that you, is really interesting. you're one step away from the perfect hit, you know? And, yep. that, and that's what exactly. you get taught in tennis. It's like it's like it's not a thing where you're like you have to run out the pocket and run to the sidelines. You know, no. it's like you need to make that perfect that you step, step forward. You step up in the pocket. Step. You go you go a little bit right and you find that seam and then you hit the ball down the line perfectly and you beat Andy Roddick twice in the 14 year old championship. That's that's what happens. Now, now that you say it, you look. It's like that's what he looks like. He's doing when he's in the pocket. He looks like a tennis player. A little bit. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. It's amazing. I know it is. It is an amazing thing to behold. Now, Joel and I were talking about this that we think of all the teams that are out there right now because I do believe that the Rams' defense is porous. You do have to watch out for their uh, their rushing attack. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, our, but our offensive line is good. And but I think that if we play them again, especially if we have home field advantage, we're taking them out again. And and I do I believe that that we will do that. Um, but the team that gives me the most pause in the NFC right now is the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Houston. Chicago yeah, Bears. Their defense is scary. Yeah, their defense. I mean, they say that Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL on defense right now, but I would say that <laughs> Khalil oh, Mack. Not even close. Khalil yeah. Mack is the best player in the NFL on defense yeah. right now. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I, I think Cam Jordan is the coolest player in the NFL. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's right. <laughs> Fucking right. Uh, that's right. He's probably reading like some sort of like, you know, like book criticizing Carl Carl Marx right now in between. Right. right. You know, some Marxist dissertation or something. He's probably studying for the game plan. He's got. He's probably got a Federer and Nadal goat uh, conclusion. <laughs> he, he, he is. He is definitely pro Federer. <laughs> you think he's pro Fed, huh? He's pro Fed, huh? Things that Nadal's a better player. Well, I might have to. We might have to see. We might have to see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna at Cam Jordan him from our uh, Twitter account, and I'm gonna see. I will bet you a hundred bucks he thinks Federer. You're gonna bet a hundred dollars? I can't I can't afford a hundred dollars, right? Now. I'll bet ten. I'll bet ten. All right, ten dollars. All right. All right, all right. We're gonna we're gonna put that to the test, man, for sure. It's well to, back to Chicago, like it, it I tell you what, man, that Trubisky can throw the ball. Um, not a lot of people paying attention to him with these other superstars that are coming up. But the kid, yeah. the kid can throw a pass too, and uh, they have a monster defense. And you know how uh, that 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 Chicago thing. But but even still, I think we would overwhelm them as well. And especially with all you know the, the lingering animosities that people have here, if we play them at home in regard to Chicago, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a fan base that's gonna be on fire. Yeah. Bullshit. Katrina. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Look, man. You know, uh, a great defense. Great defensive teams are always scary because they can fuck your game up. They can um, fuck your game up. You know, that's and, right. and they can. You know, they they can. That's that's where the upsets come from. Uh, that's right. So, well, yeah, that's the thing. They can disrupt you. A good defensive yep. team can disrupt. Yeah. You. Yeah. And that's, exactly. With like three or four plays, can completely change the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you saw that, you know, like last night. I mean, that's what makes, I mean, the ridiculous punditry today. I don't even want to get into that about, uh, you know, a horrifically bad defensive performance punctuated by two great plays, you know, is is not like if you're a defensive coordinator, it's not where you want to be. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. like you don't want you don't walk away from that Rams game going like, wow, our defense did great by giving up the most yards of any team this week. You know, yeah. like you, you want to play better than that. You want to aspire to be the, uh, you know, the Ravens or, or one of these yeah, other like legit sure. uh, defenses that, that bring the heavy hand. Um, yeah. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I think we can overcome them. I, li- I like the Saints' chances. I think that, you know, overall, if you look across yeah. the league objectively right now, that right. you have to give the Saints the, the nod. Um, and I normally wouldn't say that, but I, I feel like this may be the greatest Saints team that's ever been put together. Yeah. And, and we have balance because our defense is playing well, and I just don't see that in any other team right now. I see other yeah. teams that might have a shot against us, but, um, but I think that we're the odds-on favorite going in right now. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. Go ahead. Barring, barring injuries, you know. No, no, yeah, barring injuries. But here's the thing, right? Like, yeah, I think if you put the Saints against, you know, whoever you call the best team in the league right now or any team, they're going to win and they play 100 times, they're going to win at least 70 or 75 of those games. The problem is 72%. You, right. But the problem is you only play once, right? 
that's and right. anything that's can right. happen in one game. That's and, right. That's you right. You know, shit can, shit can get fucked up, and you know, nothing is nothing is a guarantee. More, so. more, no, more no. importantly, Jaime, um, you know, if when the uh, the Saints are in the Super Bowl, where are you going to be? Uh, New Orleans. Fucking right. Oh man, Fuck. that's great. Absolutely. Word. No doubt. No doubt about that. <laughs> You came down. You came down for the 2009 Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And we we, we went and tried to find Jeff Deville's then nascent bar that was just open. Oh, and y'all couldn't find it. We went to it. No, we went to it and it was like closed or something. No, we were there for the Super Bowl. We went to Mimi's. We went to Mimi's. We were there. We went there that weekend. I don't know what y'all talking about. That night. Oh, we yeah. were there. I right, was at the right, bar, and we were open. I, I, I vaguely remember that now. At post-game? During the yeah. game. Look, here's the reason post-game. I broke broke up with someone that I was in a relationship yeah. with. is because I was like, do you have that riddle in your pocket? And I was like, because I need to snort it, like in the fourth quarter. And it was an, an, <laughs> it was an ambient. And I was like, an ambient is weight, folks. If you're listening yeah. to the podcast, you don't know much about pharmaceuticals. An ambient is way different than a riddle. <laughs> just, just saying. Like, Spence, care to add anything to that? Spence, yeah, like, yeah, it's well, about the exact opposite. Yeah. And then I was like, "We're done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of this relationship. Thank God the same." <laughs> but anyway, we tried to won the out. Super Bowl and broke up with somebody in yeah, the same night. Pretty much. Perfect. Yep. Good night. Good times. Uh, <laughs> good times. Good times. So, uh, what, one of the other things that uh, we were talking about in, in, in the past was uh, <laughs> to change the subject. Or go back to No, go ahead. Yeah, up. no, you already which changed I, it. Go ahead. Yeah, segue. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was really funny was, you know, what does Alex Anzalone do in his free time? Ah, that's a good See, question. That's, yeah, exactly. So who, who who said that? The, oh, you put that out there, right? I said, yeah. uh, and I said, I, I uh, sings opera and blacksmith. That's right. <laughs> totally possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is definitely going to the uh, the Renaissance. Renaissance. Yeah. yeah, but he's jousting. Yeah, I, he's jousting <laughs> when he's yeah, there. I think so, man. I, you know, my initial thought was hairdresser at a Panama City, uh, Florida strip club. <laughs> <laughs> it's one or the other. <laughs> I mean, I think it was—I think it was you and I that started the uh, Troy Aikman, uh, Charles Oakley uh, hairdresser <laughs> rumor. Do you remember that, dude? Aikley, man, you were always—you were always talking shit about Troy Aikman. But I do vaguely remember one about Aikman and, and Charles Oakley. How did that go? That they had well, they had a gay hairdresser club together. <laughs> and so, and so I was starting that rumor. And, and Joe Buck is really pissed off because they won't let him be part of it. Right. Exactly. Joe Buck's that. so pissed off. Exactly. <laughs> Twenty years down the line. No, Joe Buck's like the gimp. Joe, Joe Buck's the gimp. <laughs> Joe Joe Buck, man. Poor Joe Buck. He can't. He can't win for losing that guy. Yeah. Hi, everybody, man. It's so good to talk to you, bro. Um, absolutely dude absolutely I really appreciate your time on this and uh, you, yeah. made, you made the t-shirt for a reason next year oh, thanks, it's, man. It's, it's called Friends of the Good Life not Friends of the Pot and and given your performance here tonight you will be on that t-shirt as well 
Oh man, thank you so much. I appreciate appreciate that. I don't know if you'll get to place him in between a legendary person like Walter <laughs> at a music festival. Like, I can't guarantee your plus your placement, but we'll, we'll definitely have you on the shirt. Hey man, just be, being on the shirt's an honor. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, it was good to talk to you again, man. And, Absolutely, uh, man. I think uh, we'll, let's, we'll, we'll continue this conversation through, through the rest of the games and uh, the playoffs. Look, man, I'm, uh, I'm serious. Uh, once we're done here, I'm doing a Twitter shout-out from the It's a Good Life Twitter uh, page to Cam Newton, and uh, we're going to figure this $10 <laughs> bet out. <laughs> we got to get to the bottom of this, All right, man. Federer and Nadal. I can't see it any other way. All right, just, right. It, it, okay, Cam Jordan. Forward. I said Cam Newton, Cam Jordan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, Cam Newton is on the doll. We should ask him. Oh, Cam Newton, Cam Newton is in the doll. Cam Jordan's better. That is like... Cam Newton, yeah, perfect. Cam Newton is in the doll fan. We're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to figure it out. What if, like, he came back and he was like, what, Joko? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. He's like, Joko is easily going to eclipse both of them. You're crazy. Yeah, well, Cam Jordan's pretty smart, you know? Like, that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hi, thanks, buddy. It's so nice right, talking to you, man. Thank you for the time, bro. Absolutely. Good times. Talk to you all later. Yeah. Take care, Jaime. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks. Jaime. 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 It's a good life, baby. Jeff and Joel's tale from New Orleans. Okay, we got a few more things that we're going to talk about here. That was almost like a break. That was a break. That we did just now. That was, that was pretty good, right? Good break. Like we should do that a couple of times, man. Yeah, right. 142 episodes. <laughs> Folks, you've been <laughs> listening <laughs> to It's a Good <laughs> Life Bay. <laughs> Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans. Okay, let's talk about the next subject. Just getting more and more radio as we go along, ladies and gentlemen. We sure are. That's all right. We're going to mimic those guys. We're going to get this down. Where do you want to go next? Because I have a dog out of the week. Okay, let's dog it out. Let's dog it out. We also have the St. Louis Street Deuce thing. Dog, dog, dog out, out of the week. The week. Okay. This is disturbing, Jeff. Yep. So disturbing. How many times have I ever, have I ever sent you an email? Man, like, <laughs> I can't even remember. The last time you sent me an email... I still have some of them, and it was from the uh, Spitball Media account. Right. So it was yeah. years. Years. It's been yeah, years. It's been years. Since I sent you an email. That's right. This was email-worthy. I felt compelled to send you an email. This man disturbed Because I was you. so upset. He disturbed you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do the echo effect one more time. Okay. Here we go. Dog out of the week. Ryan O'Dwyer. Fuck, fuck, fuck face, face asshole ass devil. devil. All Who right. All right. So I was up. <laughs> I felt compelled to like tell put, the tale. I felt I felt compelled to put it on record to you via email because it was like so disturbing. Yes. Because it was so disturbing. And I was up in DC uh, over the weekend on business and. Um, I went to the Saints bar called Little Miss Whiskey's. Shout out to Mark Thorpe, which I'm going to dog you out a little bit too. Sorry, Mark. You deserve <laughs> it. You know, because shit's fucking real right now. This is not a political political discussion. 
It's a crisis. And so I met this, I've been, this place is like the Snake and Jake's. Folks who listen to the show, you've, a lot of you have been to Snake and Jake's. This is like the Snake and Jake's of DC, right? There's like 30 person capacity. They have a DJ that plays like during the game. And so like during the commercials, they're either playing the crunk song if we've just scored, or they're playing Dumpster Funk, or they're playing Trumpet and Shorty, or they're playing Alan Toussaint, cool. or whatever the fuck they're playing. That's right. And it's fucking awesome. Yep. It's, it's dark as fuck, and it's great. And there's I've never had a bad time there, and I've been there a dozen times. And this fucking Stephen Miller from the like Stephen Miller from the DC White House type dude, that fucking this dude like sits down next to me. My heart rate's like <laughs> it's going up already. And this dude's like, we're talking about something about the Saints along the lines of what we and all we just discussed, you know, about our offensive line or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, you know, I'm a Republican or whatever. I'm like, I don't care, and I don't even know why that came up. But he worked on the Trump campaign. Oh God, he's. It's an awful human being already. He's from New Orleans. He went to Newman High School. God. His name is Ryan O'Dwyer. Soiling the good name of that institution. He works for a... The uh, institution that produced the Manning Brothers and Odell Beckham Jr. He, he works for a uh, lobbyist firm called Turnberry. What an Turnberry, he works for them. And this dude is like Christian Bale from American Psycho, man. Like He smells like it. Even though you can't smell that film, you know, as you would imagine how that character smells, he smells like that. He looks like him. He looks fucking crazy. Yeah, he's know? a psycho. He's a fucking psycho. And he tried to gaslight me, you know? It worked, he did clearly. Two, well, he did two things. Well, it got me really upset for sure. But, like... <sighs> Let it out. Let it out, Joel. I'm not gonna <laughs> let it out, man. It's it's really it's just cut to the quick. What he, oh. he said a bunch of bullshit about Trump, and you got fucking pissed at him. You called him a douchebag, and then you got reprimanded by the bar owner. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for cutting me the chase. Because the bar owner heard me call him a douchebag. Is that he all the story? I think you're more upset about that than anything else. Look. Because you like that bar and you want to claim it as your own. You don't want to have people. I'll never go to that bar again. You don't want to have Trump people rolling up on you in that bar. I'll never go to that bar again. But that's the danger of like DC right now. Is like you gotta. Here's the thing. Who would have thought Saints fans would be Trump supporters? The the bar owner. The bar owner reprimanded me. Says the Dallas Cowboys. The bar owner reprimanded me. I expect it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. The, let me just tell the story. The team of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Spencer. Yeah. The bar owner reprimanded me because he heard me call this guy a douchebag, and he's like, "It's bad for business. We're in equal opportunity. We like we like gays, lesbians, queers, and douchebags." And and I'm like, "Wait, but this dude's completely intolerant. Everything you just said, this guy stands against." And when the dude gaslit me, he I'll tell you two things. He gaslit me, and then the way he gaslit me was this: We're sitting there talking, and I'm was really mostly listening and because I really was trying to understand why a kid from Uptown New Orleans is a Trump supporter. I was really trying to get it, right? The way he gaslit me was I was like, at some point I was so fed up with him, I was like, I'm going to go talk to those black dudes over here. 
right? And he's like, why? I was like, because they seem a lot cooler than you. And he called me a racist. <laughs> so that's how I guess. <laughs> right? You should have doubled down and said, I am. I'm racist against douchebag Trump, uptown white people. And, and then... Well, that's not a race. And then a little bit later... It is a race. And then a little bit later... And then a little bit later... Small, but significant. And then a little bit later, he was like, dude... You don't you the the problem with all you libtards and all you liberals is that you can't have a political conversation. I'm like this isn't a political conversation. Now, let me just get to a couple of like meaty points in between if I may. Cuz this dude fucking Joel, you have notes. I have notes. I'm pl- oh, God. Folks, I've How never long pulled is up. Gonna take? I've never pulled up notes, man. He told me that he knows more about New Orleans than me because his family was from the night the 1700s. In this town. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he was like, "You can't tell me about New Orleans. My family moved there in the 1700s. This kid's like 28 or something." Okay. Bullshit, uh, you know? right. hey. Sorry, Spence. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, Fuck I'm you, like, dude. I'm 27. Like I know way more than this dude. Exactly. <laughs> way like, more. Only a been full here three year years. More. A full year. You you know more than this dude. But you haven't been to the track. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my family's been a... And also I was like, dude, you know your family's wealth is not real wealth, right? You know, because we've had this conversation on the podcast. And he actually agreed with that. I was like, you know New Orleans wealth. He said, that's why I live in D.C. And then I asked him straight up, I was like, is that why you're a Trump supporter? For financial reasons only? He's like, yes. Well, then you got the answer you were looking for. He has told me straight up. You know? He said that he doesn't know what downtown means in New Orleans. Like when he's like, "Where do you live in New Orleans?" And I'm like, "Downtown." He's like, "Oh, the CBD." I'm like, "No, dude." <laughs> he doesn't understand. He's never. He has no idea what Gentilly and fucking by the track is outside of the track. He doesn't. Well, I mean. You know, I, I'll be honest with you, Joel. I'm not that surprised. You know, like I mean, you're talking about like some dude who grew up in like wealthy circumstances, like up around State Street, exactly in New Orleans. You know, I mean, that's like one of the most insulated communities, and they uh, vote red all the fucking time. That's why. That is why the very reason why, as a matter of fact, that Steve Scalise's district gerrymanders by dipping into New Orleans and grabbing those people. You know, because they're 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 just red voting wealthy white Republicans that live up there, and they live in their own little freaking you know perilous bubble. So I asked him, "Do you think <laughs> I would expect?" Of course, he said downtown. Of course, he said the CBD because the CBD represents something to him. Whiteness, you know, clean and safe or something whiteness. like that. Yeah, or whiteness or whatever. That's all it That's is. That's where the law firms are. You know, or I don't know. I'm whatever. like, dude. There's a town. I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. I wouldn't expect a guy like that necessarily to know, you know. But it was just freaking. Like, like I know that type well enough. To so know. I, but I asked him. I was like, <laughs> so why do you support Trump outside of the financial gain? Like, I, I was like, I just want to ask you straight up. Like, I'm not going to tell anyone about this except my own my podcast. But I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to tell anybody this. But like, why do you support? Trump? Like, do you think he outside of financial gain? Do you think he is completely incompetent, or do you think he's an evil master manipulator? And he was like, "Oh, evil master manipulator." No, but he took he 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 had a problem with the word evil. He was like, "He's just a master manipulator. He knows exactly what he's doing." <laughs> he took he took the word he took the adjective evil out. 
It was just like, he's just a master manipulator. He must have missed that clip where... He's just trolling you. He's like, Trump is trolling you, is what he told me. He must have missed that clip where Trump is out by the wildfires, and he's like, he's like, we just left the town of Pleasant. Pleasant. And we want pleasure. pleasure or pleasure. 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 Right, he says pleasure, pleasure. Pleasure says it like eight times. And, and then finally the guy's got to be the like, guy, The guy's paradise, like, no, it's paradise, bitch. paradise. Oh, par- oh, yeah, paradise. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's a fucking mastermind. He admitted to me he's that... He's an evil genius, and we all just don't see it, because he's just putting on airs, concealing his mad genius from all of us, because it's all related to a master plan that he has in between the naps and the three hours a day that he's watching Fox News and taking his cues from them, because they know that they can dictate what happens in the country from the TV and into his fucking brain, man. It is literally like John Carpenter's uh, the, the, They Live. I mean, in the, terms of and, like and, and the, how he gets his information and how he processes the world and the right. ideas that and, he comes up with. Two quick things. The fact that like at the very end, when I circled back to him, after I went and hung out with these young black dudes who are from New Orleans, who are living in D.C. and living great lives and doing really cool shit. And I connected with these three young men. And when I circled back to him and I called him a douchebag to his face and got him... You went back. I got shit. You went back for well, more. Well, I, I had to go get a drink. Uh-huh. I was sitting there. It's a small bar. <laughs> and, I, uh-huh. and I was like, you're a fucking douchebag, dude. And I got absconded from the owner. So... You know, sorry, Mark Thorpe. If you feel like you need that business to stay open, man, that sucks for you because you're in the wrong business. And if you feel like you have to be an equal opportunity person towards fascists, if you want a racist, fascist, misogynist pig to spend $30 in your bar in order to stay open, then you're fucking up. Your life sucks, dude. What you ought to be doing is feeding that guy some romaine lettuce. <laughs> okay, but only him. All right, you didn't see that they had the nationwide recall on lettuce. I didn't, see, I didn't see that. Killing my punchline, Spencer. Thanks for backing me up there because I know you know what I'm talking about, man. And you're just off in a, some other world right now, and I needed your help <laughs> for the punchline. You needed the backing. Do things happen. But then, but then, but then, look and look. The second point, just to put a pin on it. It does. These two things do happen. The pin on it was that he's like, dude, what's your problem? You just can't have a political conversation? I'm like, dude, this isn't politics, man. Uh, You're a fascist. I'm not. This isn't. This is about humanity. Just straight up, you know? I dropped the fucking mic. He's a, he's a sociopath, you know? He's a... F- Ryan O'Dwyer, everyone, <laughs> is a sociopath. Ryan O'Dwyer. Look at my own LinkedIn... He's a fucking sociopath. Socio. You can do your own Look, I just want to say that I fuck that guy. For my fuck self, him, Jeff. I want to destroy him. For my speaking for myself, Jeff Duvall. I don't know this guy. I've never right. met him. So I take your story at face value. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you just called him a sociopath? And you're no, like, no, oh, I didn't call I him did. a sociopath. I did. Man. I, said, I did. I said he sounds like it's, he's no. a sociopath. And he, and he is. He's like an evil person that I want to squash out of existence. I might have called him actually if a I, sociopath. If I may. But I don't know him. You know, I'm going to so. try to squash him. What you're describing sounds like a sociopath. And then I got, then I, you know, which would be consistent with. And later, like, why are you so confrontational? And this is the segue that I want to make because later I got called out by the person I was dog sitting and house sitting for, 
who's like a USAID worker in Africa who's pretty liberal-minded, who's like, why are you so confrontational? Like, it's just politics. I'm like, it's not just fucking politics anymore. And this segues to Papa Molly's Facebook post today. Shout out to Papa Molly. Papa Molly went fucking nuts on Facebook today in a great way and said, fuck you to everyone. Don't buy my music. Don't come to my shows. If you're a fucking Trump supporter, you fucking are against me okay, and my family. Okay, hold on. But we have to we have to be fair to Papa Molly. He's not here. And he, he, he wrote a subsequent he did. post where he... He backed off it he, a little bit. He dialed it back tremendously because he was... He said... He had had a few drinks when he wrote that, so there was a little buzzed Facebooking going on, and he saw something, and that the rage spilled out from within that had been pent up for a long time, right. and it came out in, some, in a very honest way, and a lot of fans came back, and then he wrote something where he dialed it back a lot, and he was, he was more conciliatory, and he apologized, certainly for the use of the language that he used. He said he didn't want to use that language, but at the same time, also, he did... Confirmed that he, he confirmed. Like, he confirmed that 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 we should that we cannot that, stand that down should, to this aggression. That there should be a breakup. That via you know, via, via via the dude. There should we be a breakup. Stand by this aggression. Yeah, yeah. We can't. We can't. Stand well, that by was it. actually George Bush. And that was the dude, though. Was really brought it home. <laughs> well, no, he just saw George Bush say it and then decided to use I've it. I've seen. A, I've that seen, was the whole point of Spencer, the joke in the I've movie. Seen, I've seen the movie and I understand that joke. I, you'll but you're think, quoting I'm, Bush. I'm, no, I'm quoting dude because the dude said it. After and he I'm saw all, George and Bush I'm say always going to quote it from the dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, I feel so, like we've had this. I just had a deja vu. Have we had this conversation before? Well, look, Maybe. I feel like we could go on about a lot of a lot of stuff here because, like, it was such a spectacularly ridiculous uh, week. <laughs> but, producer for once. But on to uh, some things about the city of New Orleans that we could talk about. One thing that happened, which was like a kind of a spectacular story, I want to give a shout out to some of the people that have been on the podcast, in particular Ben Elman, who's been on our show, uh, to talk about this. Oh, yeah. That that. As it turns out, and I don't want to incriminate anybody guilt, uh, innocent until proven guilty, obviously, but there's a, there's a story that broke on Thursday in the New Orleans Advocate that details how the owner of uh, Tipitina's and also who was formerly one of the owners of the Orpheum Theater downtown um, it has, is allegedly involved in a Ponzi scheme that's been going on for a long time. And that raised a, a lot of red flags about what was going on with Tipitina's and about the fate of Tipitina's going into the future. And what happened was, <laughs> what had happened was, they, the, uh, you had about a day where everybody was wondering what was going on, and then some more information came out about the story, and then it came out that it may be possible that the band Galactic is going to buy Tipitina's. And then suddenly everybody was on board with that, myself included, because uh, Galactic for many years was uh, managed by Superfly. We know the Superfly guys. We know that Galactic 
will uh, will ruin Tipitina's right because everybody has been wondering for I think several years now whether what's been kind of going on with Tipitina's and whether or not the the club was having difficulties in terms of like the level of competition that's going on in town. Everybody wants to see that club survive because it's such an iconic uh, institution in the city of New Orleans. And I, I can't say whether this guy did wrong stuff or whether he, he did right stuff. I do know this, that there are people uh, that I know whose families have been affected by what he's done. If it's true, it's really wrong. It's, it's, it's I mean, honestly, it's, when I say, I'm serious when I say this, that a Ponzi scheme ruining somebody's life. When you place your confidence and trust in somebody to manage your money, and when that trust is breached, whether it's a bank or a savings and loan or an individual who claims to be an investor, um, whoever it may be, whatever it may be, it, it ranks up there like close to murder <laughs> for me because it's, it's just you, you typically the people who have money to give to these people are already um, advanced in their years and they give them the money so that they'll have enough money in retirement in order to live comfortably. And what happens is they leave this money um, essentially in escrow to grow over time as a result of uh, uh, interest that the person that they've invested confidence in claims that they have uh, as a return on their investment. And what happens is all of the money gets spent and it goes away and it means that life savings get destroyed and, and people's lives get ruined. So if that's what that guy was up to, then he deserves everything that, that, that's coming to him. Um, and that will get revealed either uh, through civil litigation, which is going on on multiple fronts against him, or criminal uh, a criminal investigation, which I, I'm guessing is going is likely to happen. But the strong upside to this is that as of a couple of days ago, and it's not final, there was a very strong rumor that the band Galactic is going to buy Tipitinas. Where'd you hear that? Uh, it was all over Facebook. It was all over the web, and then there was an article about it as well. And then Ben Elman posted on Facebook a banana emoji and a, ah. and a fingers crossed emoji. There you go. And that tells you everything that you need to know. And uh, so Spencer's like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I was, uh, well, no, I get the banana thing. Okay, you get the banana thing. I just smoked some weed, and I got really coffee, so sorry, guys. Um, if you, heard that. you got coffee? Where? Coffee. From where? Yeah. Uh, PJs. Um, I was in the recording studio with Ben Elman last week. Sweet. Uh, he's producing Soul. Soul. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Great album. It's gonna be awesome. And I had a feeling some stuff was going on. You know, based on some phone calls, I was like, "Enter or whatever." Well, well, it all it all be. it all went down on Thursday, um, and then over the weekend there were all these rumors that were floating around, and, and since then it's kind of like tamped down, because I'm guessing like it's nothing like that you know happens like really quickly because, you know, and who knows with the flurry of all the activity that's going on like how uh, sincere the person is about selling uh, the the business or not, but you know to be honest with you I would love to see it wind up in the right hands because like nobody wants to see Tipitina's get closed down. Nobody wants to see it go away. Another thing is that because of the unique location of Tipitina's, you know, if if there is some circumstance where like 
the guy just like bails town and like tries to go live in the fucking Bahamas or like move to Ecuador where he can't get extradited or something like that. That's the danger of a situation like this. And then suddenly, no one knows what to do with this place, and it closes down. Donna's from, from situation. The moment, Donna's from situation. the moment it closes down, I can guarantee you six this. Six months. You have six months to get it back open six again. Six fucking months. And that neighborhood group over there doesn't give a goddamn we do, we don't about Tipitinas, man. We don't have a commission. They don't. Like we do for architecture they don't. here in this They town. don't. That's right. Exactly. And probably that, that the, the zoning on that building is no longer, uh, the only reason why it's open the way that it is is probably because it's grandfathered in like so many other clubs totally. around town. So and uh, that, go away like that. That would, that would be my guess. So, so it can be more precarious than people think. So it's good to hear that like maybe Galactic is going to be uh, the band. So I don't know, maybe we can reach out to those guys and see if there's some kind of update or whatever. Yeah. But you know, just stay tuned to your Facebook feed or Twitter feed or whatever. I mean, you're before long. If the deal goes through, you're going to hear about it and, for sure. And, yeah, give a shit and support uh, Magno. And yeah, Music and Culture Coalition yep. of New Orleans. Um, they've been all over it. They put out the story, yep. the couple of stories about it as well. So anything that you want to know about what's happening in terms of the music business or goings ons around New Orleans in terms of like clubs and things that are happening on a legal front, you can just go to the Music and Culture Coalition Facebook page. Or you can go to uh, you, you, you can hit them up on uh, on Twitter because they put out they put out they repost articles all the time, and uh, it's a great fountainhead of information for things that are going on in the community uh, on that front. Also, check out shout out to uh, Sound Democracy. Sound Democracy check as well. Those guys out yeah, as check well. them out as well. Yeah. Um, you know, man, I, we could get into like all the fucking crazy shit. That, I mean, but we're like at a buck nine right now, so I think we'd probably wrap it up. It's a good show. Like, like this was. I'll just wrap it up with saying this: like, I don't need to tell anybody who listens to the show. Like, if if you're a Trump supporter and you listen to the show, I would be shocked. You know, please write in to us if you're a Trump supporter. Let let us know who you are because I don't know why you would fucking listen to the show. Um, and your president's an asshole, and you're an asshole for voting for him. And look. And for believing in him after that, because he, you know of all the wrong that the guy has committed, including up to this week, which has just been uh, a cavalcade of insanity from the person who is supposed to be leading this country uh, and supposed to be the figurehead in the face of the United States to the rest of the world. This guy is an ass clown who cannot remember anything. He doesn't know which way fucking is up. He doesn't know anything about the law. He got slapped down by the courts, and uh, Jim Acosta's uh, yep. press pass had to be uh, re reinstated. He got slapped around uh, in the elections last week. He, he Mueller's about to fucking uh, Mueller is about you know, to slap you know a really bunch gonna... of shit on his fucking ass. Did you listen to And that? I'm going to love, and I, let, me, let me tell you something, Trump people out there. I hope you're listening. Listen, listen closely. Close, close, close. They don't. Trump 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 listen to listen me. To me. Suck it. And shout out to you're uh, gonna lose. We 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 dog out people sometimes, but let's shout out somebody. Yeah, let's shout him out, Adam shit. Yeah, let yeah oh that was the other thing he called him Adam shit. Right. You know, like let's shout out Adam Schiff because Adam Schiff yeah, is going to be the guy that. Who's taking over the House of Intelligence Committee chair, and he is going to the have House the intelligence. Intelligence. <laughs> right next right to the House of Blues. 
the house of intelligence. Tip of Tina's. Oh. Sorry. And then so, all that. <laughs> we're getting punchy. <laughs> Jesus, the coughing is unbelievable. Well, so, okay, he's taking over the House Intelligence Committee. He's going to be the chairman. There's going to be multiple subpoenas that are going to be going out. Like, it's going he to be like this. He might even subpoena Mueller. That's what, I, that's what he said on the podcast. Like, today. you remember the last time in Raging Bull that, uh, that Jake LaMotta fought Sugar Ray Robinson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Totally. And, and he's just like, ugh, ugh, That's ugh. like me trying to smoke and weed his on face, this podcast. His it's face like, is really like. Really not a good look. His face uh-huh. is just like ground meat at the end of Couldn't it. Couldn't even it's give just, me water. Mm. That's what Trump is going to be like at the Cutting end when this is shit. all said and done. He's going to explode, and aorta is going to fucking explode around his heart because he's <laughs> exactly. just not going to be able to. I mean, look at him now. He's gigantic. He's, he's, his fucking body has ballooned up bigger than my neck. And it's like, it's unreal, man. People don't un- understand that reference, but I have this little medical condition that I have to get addressed right now. It's making my face blow up. Yeah, can we just talk about that? Yeah, can let's talk mention? about that. Let's talk about it. Spencer finally chimes in. He finally chimes in. Well, can because we mention the he, literal he wants, elephant in the room? He wants to talk about my. <laughs> he wants to talk about the neck. Uh, yeah. Well, tell him what's going on. Well, is it I, a thyroid thing? I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, I'm I'm wending my way through applying for Medicaid and having to get Medicaid and get and at the same time setting up things so I don't like lose my house and uh, have my life completely ruined by <laughs> Spencer says that I'm like job of the hut right now so he's playing Look Jabba, I want to talk to you come see me yourself don't send one of these twerps Han Maki Cheesy. Maki Cheesy. Mac and Cheesy. Spencer's mom's Mac and Cheese. Alright, that's good, that's good. You, you, you got me good with that one, Spence. For all those, for all the digs that I've and That was the I've best, gotten. like, that was the most high tech thing I've done as a producer for That was us. pretty good, man. That was pretty good. Well done. Well done. You we queued really, it up. We really, uh, we really settled play. it nicely there, guys. Settled it nicely. Uh, I'm going to be getting it checked out here shortly. I have to get uh, my Medicaid uh, application approved. I did finish, finally finished all the paperwork today. The only symptoms I have is in my giant neck, which makes me look like I've gained 40 pounds, but I haven't. Um, it's all in my face. Um, and here's to hoping the band plays neck again. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, and, and coincidentally, at the same time, there, there was this meme that was circulating around the internet about a guy who has a giant neck. And, uh, and I felt bad for that guy, even though it was a meme of a guy who had been arrested. You know, he might have done bad things, but he might not have done bad things. And he's just got a giant neck, and everybody's making fun of him because he's got a giant neck. neck. Yeah. His neck was, like, this big, and his head was, like, tiny. Folks, don't worry about big necks. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave the big neck people alone. Yeah, please. Yeah. Because you don't... Look, let's have empathy. Look, unless they're a sociopath. Let's have empathy. Or a psychopath. Right. So when someone, like... Then smack them around. When someone almost hits me when I'm on my bike, and they're, like... Moving maybe too fast and not paying attention on their in their car or whatever. Yeah, I just have empathy and I assume like maybe they're going to the hospital or they have some issue or whatever. You mean attempted murderers? Let's just have empathy for people. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless they come out and forthrightly tell you their dicks, like Ryan O'Dwyer did. Or that would be like somebody riding by, hitting you with their car, getting out, and you're like bent over, you know, with a leg and like. They- 
like, like Alex they, Smith. And they flip you in Your the leg it looks like Alex Smith. <laughs> right. And, and and they come out and they're like, "Why did you get in my way, you asshole? No, yeah. Watch where you're going." They crowbar you, ass. Yes, right, that. they just crowbar you. Get back in their car, <laughs> spin out, and the rocks hit you in the face on the exactly. way out. And then it takes two and a half hours to get an ambulance there because you're in New Orleans. That would be a dick. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Don't be a dick. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't folks. be a dick on Thanksgiving. Don't have a good time. Be a dick. Why for do Thanksgiving. you have to be a dick? This isn't. What are you doing for Thanksgiving, and by the way? Really, Where are you going to get just food? Just really, just one. I'm sorry. And You're going to be at the I'm game. Tell you, but like, just to put a button on it. And the track. It, yeah. Look, and the here, track. Here's the thing about this dick, this kid. <laughs> here's this the, Ryan O'Dwyer. Ryan O'Dwyer. He said, "I'm in it because I want to win," and I'm like, "It's not sports, dude." He's like, yes, it's like sports. I was like, no, it's not. This is humanity we're talking about. So don't be a fucking dick about politics because you think you want to win, in air quotes. You know, do the fucking right thing. Be empathetic. Be a human being. Like That's a jackass. Yeah. That's a jackass. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the horse track and then I'm going to the Saints game. What about you, Jeff? Uh, well, no, I'm going to be heading over to see my... I'm going to go to the track for a minute, and then I'll head over and uh, and see the family over there. I don't know if I'm going to go to the track, to be honest with you, man. I'm not sure that I want to go right. if I'm going to be super poofed. Uh, I see. You know? Super poof. Yeah, so uh, we're going to have crowded. to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're going to have to see. Well, maybe I'm, I might do a little pre-track, pre I'm not as super hyped about the track Thanksgiving thing as I used to be. Right. Yeah. Well, because it's not officially the open day anymore. Is one thing. It's not. That's true. Yeah. And it is getting awfully crowded. And I'm just really excited about the Saints game. Well, the other thing, too, is like, you know, like, I don't think I made it last year because, I mean, like, oftentimes, like, Tracy has something that she's fixing. And so right. we're working on it together. And, you know, it's a big family you get affair. Your pumpkin you know, pie. Like, or yeah, you it's your... become more of like a real, like. Because you guys are scratch cookers. Family day. It's right. a family so for day. for your family. But you, and you and Tracy, though, if I'm. If I understand correctly, you guys like scratch the shit out of some food oh, to yeah, contribute. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so that yeah. means you're starting like at six in the morning or the night before, totally, totally, and or both. Yeah, and you're cooking right up until like yeah, noon yeah. when it's time to roll. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that's what's great about Thanksgiving. Yeah, making that dough and the flour and all the shit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Making that dough. <laughs> Hey, folks, it's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel. Tales from the Yeah, you're right. Happy. Happy. Thanks. 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 Give me, give me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right.